Hi, and welcome to the Tales from the Trail podcast by Matchplay. In this episode, I welcome the assistant coach of men's soccer at Villanova University, Josh West, and welcome back Chris Norris, the longtime men's head soccer coach at the College of William and Mary. The guys remember Josh's recruiting story and playing career for Coach Norris. They then move into recruiting in today's youth soccer world. If you're enjoying the podcast and find it valuable, please consider visiting buymeacoffee.com matchplay. These small donations collectively help offset costs and other expenses associated with production of the podcast so I can continue to offer this service for free. Please take an extra minute to rate and review the podcast where you listen. This is a huge help. Share the podcast with whomever you think would be interested and will help in their process. Check us out on social media as well. The links can be found at matchplayrecruit.com. Um, on this podcast. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so we were just talking about uh, Josh's recruiting story. And uh, um, so today I've got Josh West, who is up in Philly with uh, he's a volunteer assistant. Is that correct? At Villanova. And he is also a youth coach with uh, Del- FC Delco, right? Uh, U-17s or something like that. Is that what you said? Yeah. And um, I have uh, Chris Norris, another usual suspect here from College of William Mary. He's the men's coach there. Um, and just so happens that Josh played for Chris back, um, well, getting to be a long time ago. Uh, and Chris was uh, maybe, um, you know, expressing maybe a little remorse in, in his recruiting story of, uh, of Josh. So, uh, yeah, Josh, you were just talking about moving back from England. So, uh, and then I, I said, hold on, let me hit record. So go ahead.
Yeah, what's your recollection of it, Norris? Well, the part that he's leaving out, that Josh is leaving out, is that he promised me that he could deliver uh, Ryan Zinkin and Kyler Sullivan too to the recruiting class. <laughs> and uh, you know, Josh used to talk a lot of a lot of crap. So, unfortunately, those guys went to a little school called UVA and had great careers. But um, no, no, no. I mean. Uh, Josh is absolutely right. You know, he was a top recruit coming out of the state of Virginia, which is right in our wheelhouse. And, um, you know, we knew pretty early on that, that he would be a great addition to our program. And so we worked pretty hard to, to try to see if it would be a good fit. Fortunately, he felt like it was and his family felt like it was. And so, um, you know, he came and as we had discussed was a big part of, a team that uh, made the CAA final in 2013 and, and went to the NCAA tournament. So it was, it was a good run. Yeah. Um, Josh, go back to um, kind of like your attitude slipping. So, you know, I'm sure that that's not an uncommon story. I mean, you know, you, you work so hard to get that offer, right? I mean, that's, that's kind of like the focus for a lot of people is, is to get that. And then, you know, like you said, take your foot off the gas pedal a little bit and, you know, not remain focused on what's important. And, um, so tell, talk about how that kind of bled into, you know, uh, your college career early on and, and, you know, the mistakes you made, so to speak, and then, you know, how you transitioned into being the player you became.
Yeah, it was uh, Norris breaking clipboards and punching chalkboards and stuff like that during your... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, Norris, I mean, that's, he's not the first kid you've come across that kind of hit cruise control for a while. I mean, that, what's your, you know, what do you think is the cause of that and, and how do you look to resolve it? Do you know, maybe that's a tough question. I don't know, but. Yeah, I mean, like I think I think uh, any coach, any sport, any time is going to potentially face these kind of issues. It's always fun. Um, when you have former players that become coaches, because then they see things from the other side and, uh, you know, probably have to deal with many of the same things, um, that, that they themselves sort of imposed upon their coaches, you know, but, uh, no, I mean, you know, that, that these things are going to happen. You, I think it's coaching is, uh, you know, it's part science, part art and part of the art piece of it is knowing how different guys are motivated, trying to push the right buttons, knowing which guys are, are just absolute grinders. Gym rats, you know, is a term that uh, you hear here in other sports. And Josh mentioned that a little bit, like the, the idea of doing things on your own, staying after training, maybe coming early and, and getting some additional work in, you know, those guys are easy. It's the other guys that maybe, you know, they're great athletes and they just kind of, soccer was the thing that they fell into you know they're not necessarily passionate soccer guys per se but they like competing they like being part of a team they just happen to be good at soccer um you know those are guys that you have to find maybe some different ways to motivate you have to know when to back off of them so that they don't get burned out i mean there's you know there's a lot of things that go into it so you have to kind of know your players and and try to know you know how what motivates them and what level uh, you you got to know what's going on off the field too. I mean, I would offer Josh kind of alluded to it, the whole going to class thing. I mean, I, I would offer and Josh can either contradict this or, or confirm it, but I would offer that there were probably times where his soccer suffered a little bit because he had some significant stress over his academic situation, you know, mostly self because he's a smart guy, mostly self-inflicted. And so you got to know what's going on in, in people's lives as well, whether the academic piece is, is going well or, or if that's a significant stressor. could be that their social life is a significant stressor because maybe they've got relationship issues. Maybe they're making some choices that aren't in the best interest of their athletic careers or their academic careers for that matter. So you got you to try to know as much as you can without, you know, with, while still in, in our position as college coaches, I firmly believe that you have to also – you've got to know those things, but you've also got to give them a long enough leash that, that they're becoming responsible adults during this, this period where they're in, in the university setting. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess at some point it's you're, they're going to make the transition from being a kid to being an adult. Um, hopefully sooner rather than later for your team's sake. Um, yeah. Uh, so Josh, you get out of school and then, um, you know, without, you know, Norris's foot up your butt, basically. And uh, so then you, you headed down to Georgia, right? Um, when did you, like, get the coaching bug and, and, and start all that?
Yeah, so um, obviously, Norris, we've talked a lot about, you know, recruiting and, and all that. And, and Josh is at a place now where you, know, you guys recruit nationally, you buy for conference and, you know, national championships, really, at your guys' program. Um, so talk a little bit about, like, I mean, Norris, you can ask way better questions probably um, about how that recruiting is a little different, how it's the same. Um, and 
Um, Josh, you've listened to a couple podcasts, so you know kind of where we've gone, but, you know, maybe address some of the things like reaching out to coaches and, and all that, that, uh, you know, works for you guys at your level and what doesn't and, and that sort of thing. And Norris, feel free to jump in. Yeah. Well, I mean, I want to go back and talk about the moral of the story for Josh. You know, yes, I yeah. think I think the moral of the story is you make sure that you're that you're utilizing your soccer ability to get the best education possible, and then marry really, really well. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I what mean, was your it, first question, Scott. I don't remember. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just talk about kind of like you know maybe you guys can get into uh, recruiting at a at a school like Villanova versus William and Mary. You know, both D one schools, but you have a little bit of a different recruiting scope. Um, and just yeah, I'll, I'll, let me ask Josh a question. Along those lines, because I think I can, knowing what I know, I can sort of maybe make it a little bit more specific. So um, how have you found, you didn't recruit at William & Mary, but you know kind of the guys that we brought in and how our process worked. How have you found being at Villanova? Um, you know, you guys are a, uh, a university that basically everybody in the country knows the name. You know, a lot of that may be based on um, the fact that your men's basketball program has been really prolific. And so how do you uh, either leverage that, you know, from a soccer standpoint or, or maybe where does that get in the way people thinking that you're this big time athletic school when you've got, you know, FCS uh, football and you're a really demanding university from an academic standpoint.
You got more, Norris? Um, no, not really. I was going to ask, Josh, um, has NIL impacted you guys at all? From Yeah, that's what I was going to ask is kind of where do you guys see it in the uh, Norris? You've been around a long time. I mean, how do you see this impacting college? Well, college soccer specifically. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's very hard to predict because it's so, so new and it's entirely counter to the way that NCAA student athletes were treated for so long. Um, you know, I, we we try to be in touch with our football and basketball staffs all the time to see what's happening in their world um, because that's going to be a predictor for maybe what happens to us down the road. And it is even at our level of FBS or excuse me, FCS uh, football and, you know, mid-major basketball, it, it it's impacting those guys significantly already um, in terms of the recruiting picture. You know, kids are taking that into consideration when they're making decisions about one school versus another. And look, eventually it, it could trickle down to soccer if the market dictates that there's some return on investment for giving a college soccer player, you know, some kind of, of sponsorship deal, then it'll happen. And if the market doesn't dictate that, then it'll probably stay the way that it is now. I, I, don't know specifically of of uh, college soccer athletes out there that are getting big deals, but you know you see like there's uh, some there's like a gymnast for example at I think it's LSU a female gymnast at LSU that had some significant you know NLI or NIL uh, deals and and again this is sort of rumor mill and it, it maybe I haven't confirmed that myself but um, you know. I think it also will take a little bit of time for this to be in place and then for young athletes to understand it and understand how to build their brand so that when they reach this point in their lives, they there's a reason for them to maybe receive an NIL deal from a particular company or, or whatever. Um, so I think that it'll take a little bit more time for it to really impact soccer but you know if if the if it doesn't sort of 
if the rules don't change again, if it doesn't regress or or sort of center, recenter, then I think you know you'll probably see it in a few years. Yeah, has it impacted you guys at all, Josh, from a men's soccer standpoint? Yeah. I mean, the reality of it is that athletic departments, coaches, any of us involved in college athletics are not supposed to be in a position to broker a deal for any kid, you know, I mean, the, and I think that that's maybe where some of the, if there is a, a movement in the other direction, it'll be legal. It'll be because of that kind of thing. So what you see now is schools are setting up online exchanges where, you know, kids can, put their information on the exchange companies if they're interested in trying to trying to sponsor um, student athletes can put their information on a particular exchange for a university and then they can connect that way. Um, it's, it's not meant to be a situation where a coach says, well, we can get you this, or, you know, I thought the department says we can get you this in an NIL money. Um, it's, it's meant to be a deal exclusively between a student athlete and a particular company. So I, I think that if it doesn't blow up, it'll be because of, of legal challenges to it because maybe schools are overly involved with trying to leverage it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Josh, you were talking about um, you guys have your club has its own tournament this weekend. And um, so I'm sure you guys have received a few emails about clubs coming into play and, and that sort of thing. So in your guys' opinion, you know, how does a kid differentiate himself? How does a kid, um, you know, become intriguing to you, so to speak, as a, as a Villanova coach?
right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I was trying to think of a, uh, a clever way to ask you, like, like what the impact uh, Norris has had on you and your coaching um, and how you interact with kids. And, you know, maybe there's been a time where you've kind of like, oh, that was, that was Coach Norris in my my ear, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, uh, that was his influence, you know, that kind of thing. Eight two, eight two. The next day. Wait, 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 what year was this? How do you guys remember <laughs> this? It's great. Yeah. Fall twenty eleven.
Um, and maybe you guys can talk about kind of the, that that fine line, right? Of of maintaining the the appropriate relationship, but then also when you know a kid is kind of struggling. I mean, at both of your guys' schools, it, there's an immense amount of pressure academically, and um, and kids can have it's become more prominent to not as much of a stigma, I guess, to discuss mental health and like, you know, kids have issues, I'm sure on your teams that, that you kind of have to guide them not through, but well, I'll, I'll let you guys talk about it. I mean, you have, you've encountered those situations and, and where, you know, put your arm around a kid, you know, kind of thing, you know, where does that, come into play for you guys Norris um, Norris gets offended when I don't direct a question right at him you know he uh, he won't respond until I say Norris please answer you will yeah. <laughs> you will address me as I deserve to be addressed now um, you see it sticks it's it applies to me too Josh so it's not you <laughs> <laughs> um Look, I mean, you know, men mental health concerns are, uh, they're more and more a big part of, of what we are looking out for, for sure. And, you know, we've had, fortunately, I don't want to say we've had a lot of situations like that, but we've certainly had our statistical share of um, student athletes who have suffered from some sort of mental health issue. And, uh, you know, it, it doesn't have to be because our university in particular is academically demanding. It can be caused by a lot of different things. Um, I think around the country in all college athletics, there's been a, a big push to really be try to be much more aware of these situations, to try to be much more sensitive to mental health issues, to try to provide much greater resources. Um, and, and I think that's a great thing. I mean, we're, you know, they're never, probably never not going to exist. Um, it's it's a matter of trying to, you know, get out in front of it a little bit or make sure that you're, you're addressing it early enough that you can get individuals the kind of help that they need to, you know, overcome some mental health issues or to be able to deal with, with certain issues that they may have. And, um, you know, again, I think you're, you're probably not going to get on very many campuses or in very many athletic departments these days where it isn't a, a primary focus. And I think that's a great thing. Yeah.
Yeah. I mean, just the whole thing. I mean, think about how much it's changed in your career, Norris. I mean, from, you know, like, what is it like 50 years ago when you started, um, you know, it was, it was kind of like suck it up and drive on. Right. And Josh, you probably experienced that as a kid with your dad. I mean, he was a Marine for crying out loud. I mean, there's, there's a fair amount of, you know, just suck it up. Right. And it's changed so much. I mean, like you said, Norris, for the better. I mean, it's it's uh, it's headed in the direction it should be. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it would be it's a fine line you guys have to walk to. You know, do I push this kid or do I? How do, you know? Where do you draw the line of do I push him or do I get him help? You know that kind of thing. You know, so I I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you guys get some training on, on all that, or maybe it's just common sense. I don't know. But, uh, um, so story time, you guys have, uh, some good stories on each other. Um, what's your favorite, uh, Norris story, Josh? We've all gone through that. We've all gone through that. Still are, but <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I just want it. I want it to be made very clear that I did not shame Josh into getting fit over the summer. You know, we had a a mature conversation about how you know I thought he could perform better. I thought that there were some things holding him back, and you know, there was some underlying understanding probably of what that was or largely what that was pun Large. intended but yeah. um <laughs> 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 yeah yeah i mean you know you live and you learn right it's uh i remember those situations too from college where sometimes in the spring you were not nearly as, especially if you're somebody who has the propensity to fluctuate a little bit. Sometimes you weren't always at your optimal playing weight in the spring. Yeah. Got a story on Josh there, Norris? Uh, of course you ask these things. I don't have a specific story. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think if there was anything, anything, it comes to mind specifically. I mean, look, uh, with Josh, there were always a lot of stories, you know, because of the fact that he was, um, you know, relied upon heavily. He was really talented. He was uh, a guy that we knew would would be largely responsible for the direction of the team, not just because of his, his playing ability, but also because of his personality. Like Josh could you know, do this uh, podcast on his own and have no problem. He he could talk to anybody, which I'm sure serves him really well in recruiting and also in coaching. Um, and it was oftentimes really fun to be around, except for when Josh was not in, in a good mood, you know, and then it wasn't as fun to be around. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, 
I wish if you'd prepped me, I, I should have like done a little digging and just gotten something from his teammates because that would have been, that would have been good. There'd be a lot of those. <laughs> I mean, we, we, they would, they would use discretion. And then of course I would filter them all, but, uh, Right, 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 right. Josh is colorful. The stories exist. I just don't have one that jumps to mind. <laughs> yeah we we weren't using a high level accounting firm to uh <laughs> sort through those results
Yeah. How much are you guys observing that in your, um, in the recruiting piece? You know, when you're watching kids, you know, playing this weekend, you know, what are you going to see them do that kind of indicates that they can be that sort of piece in your, in your team and, and keep the culture where you want it to be? No, I mean, I think it's, I think it's hard to, uh, I'll, I'll save you, um, from having to address me. <laughs> I, uh, I think it's difficult to see that from evaluating a game. I mean, the, the standout student athletes will exhibit some characteristics like of leadership, of supporting teammates, of, um, you know, sacrificing themselves in certain ways for the better of the team or for the better of a teammate where you really get that information is from talking to their coaches or people that know them well, you know, that's, that's how you, you figure out. And you don't usually get to that point. Josh referenced this earlier until you've made an assessment, you've seen some things on the field or in a video that you think like, yeah, this guy could be a good fit for us. I need to do a little bit more digging. Um, And then when you talk to, to coaches, they give you the heads up or you, you ask pointed questions about, you know, what kind of a teammate is this person be? Is this, is this individual going to be somebody that is not only bought into a positive team culture, but an active defender of that team culture? You know, are they, are they going to fight for excellence for your men's soccer program? And I mean, if you, not everyone has to be like that, if you can get a handful of guys like that, you're you got a great starting point in your program. Sure. Um, all right. We're over an hour. Do you guys have anything else? You, uh, I try to keep these at about an hour, Josh. So, um, you guys, uh, have anything else want to add, share? Uh, 
that's a good question. <laughs> I think, and I don't know if you uh, have been a part of this yet with some of the teams that you've been with, that for every champion, there is a process of, of uh, growth and evolution. And I think they were a little ahead of schedule this year. I think that they still needed to suffer a little bit before they are ready to be champions. And I don't mean that to sound as a cop-out or a justification. I think that that went hand-in-hand with some timely injuries that probably cost them a little bit. Um, But I think if you you look across sports – most teams have to go through a process. They usually don't go from, you know, being like not really near a championship to flipping a switch and then being near, then being able to to win a championship. They usually have a, a progression. And I think that this was just kind of part of the progression. You know, the reason it stands out so much is that because is because they were top of the table for 240 plus days. So. I mean, how many times did Jordan lose in the Eastern conference? finals before he I mean yeah I mean that's a really good point so yep um, and then he won six so (laughs) (laughs) six on the way yeah it's been done recently so um, uh, yeah uh, yeah I think uh, next year's the year so yeah, I yeah, late to the game, but yeah. Um. Anyway, sorry about Chelsea. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Todd was in my fraternity. We're the we're the same uh, same graduating class. So, yep. Look, he's been successful certainly in in I think pretty much everything he's done. So I would guess that. They'll get it going in the right direction again. Hmm. All right. Yeah, I won't ask for any stories on him. He's got. He's got. I won't give any pockets. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Um, it's been a uh, pleasure and a privilege. Um, Norris, I'll I'll uh, send you a prep pack before the next one. Appreciate it, man. You know, just one or two things. I'm sure this is like, you know, you, you're, you're a bit like Arsenal. You're in your progression phase before you become champions level. Or did I bottle it? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Tales from the Trail podcast by Matchplay. If you're enjoying the podcast and find it valuable, please consider visiting buymeacoffee.com slash matchplay. These small donations collectively help offset costs and other expenses associated with production of the podcast so I can continue to offer this service for free. Please take an extra minute to rate and review the podcast where you listen. This is a huge help. Share the podcast with whomever you think would be interested and will help in their process. Check us out on matchplayrecruit.com for our social media links. See you on the trail.